Our first message this afternoon is from Mr. Curtis Whiteley. It is entitled, The Ministry of Reconciliation. Good afternoon. It's wonderful to see everyone on this steamy, wonderful Day of Atonement. Everyone doing okay? Uh, as you see on the screen, uh, the, the title of this message today is The Ministry of Reconciliation. And, of course, this day, uh, we could speak about it, with, uh, w which was alluded to by Doyle in the prayer. So many different themes, uh, concepts, rich in theology. This day, we could talk about for, for, for days, for weeks, for years, for decades, for centuries. We could talk about this for a long time and still not even scratch the surface at getting into what this day means. But I'm just going to bring out just a few things, some of these concepts, some of these themes. We know that this day is, is about a day of covering. It's, a, it's about a day of removal. Removal of sin from this earth. It's about a day of affliction. As the Bible tells us we are to afflict our souls, and we understand that to mean by abstaining from food and water, by fasting. It's a day of cleanliness and holiness, because this is what this day is about, about the cleansing that's taking place. That being set apart, that consecration that's happening within our lives and, and, and through Christ and what He has done, that atonement. It's a day of humility, as all of us realize just how limited we are as finite human beings. And lastly, which is, this isn't the entire list, as I mentioned, there's so many different jam-packed theological themes in this day, in, the, in what this day has to bring, and the different meanings. But what I want to focus on today is this term, reconciliation. And how beautiful reconciliation is. And about at the core of the Christian message, the gospel message, it's about this term, this concept, reconciliation. Now, if you were to go to a dictionary and you were to look up that word in the English language, reconciliation, you would find several different definitions. It, it, depending upon which dictionary you look at, there's going to be a little bit of a difference. But one of the definitions of reconciliation is the restoration of friendly relationships. There's the idea of restoration within the concept of reconciliation. Because as we know, when you reconcile something, you're bringing it to where it's consistent. Something's consistent with something else. And oftentimes, we think about this in terms of relationships. Human, person-to-person -person relationships. There's a reconciliation taking place when two people might have some sort of issue with each other, and they reconcile that issue. They somehow remove the barrier between each other and they're reconciled. They are brought back together. That relationship is restored. Another aspect of this concept of reconciliation is the action of making one view or belief compatible with another. Again, that consistency. Again, that restoration. That aligning together two different things. Two different people. Two different concepts. In the Old Testament, the word reconciliation is the Hebrew word kafar. It's pronounced kafar. It's spelt in the English transliteration, K-A-P-A-R, 
but it's most commonly translated as atonement. And quite literally, the word atonement brings in with it the implication of removing tension between one thing and another, between one person and another. And that's what this day is about. The removal of that tension between us, this world, and the God Almighty. Let's go to 2 Corinthians, the 5th chapter, which is going to be our only scriptures that we're going to look at today in this short sermonette. 2 Corinthians, the 5th chapter, we're going to pick it up in verse 18. We're going to pick it up in the middle of Paul's thought and how he's talking about the new creation, about how God has made all things new. And in verse 18, he says something that's so important, so significant. It says, Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to Himself through Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Verse 20, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For He made Him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become righteousness of God in Him. In just a few minutes, we're going to get to a few points that I want to bring out about this idea of reconciliation. But I'm reminded as I was preparing this message and I was thinking about this idea of you know, being brought together and right standing with somebody, being reconciled to somebody. And I was thinking back to a movie that I saw this past summer. Some of you may have heard of the movie, but it's called I Can Only Imagine. And this movie is a movie actually about the lead singer of a Christian band, Mercy Me. And his name is Bart Millard. And this movie, it's not about, and maybe you've heard the song, I Can Only Imagine. It's actually been a very popular song for many years, not just within Christian circles and in Christian radio stations, but it's actually topped the charts and your regular secular uh, music charts. But the story is not about this lead singer's journey to fame, per se. In the story, as is dramatized, this individual, Bart Millard, he has a very troubled childhood. He's living with a, in a very, very difficult situation because he has a father that's a very physically and a me mentally and, and verbally abusive individual. And in the movie, as is the story of his life, he's taken to this Christian camp, and upon his return, he sees moving trucks at his house. His mother, I guess, has had enough, and she's moving out, and she's not taking them with him. And so here this individual is stuck with this abusive father growing up throughout his teenage years. And he has this terrible relationship with this, this person that's very difficult to live with. That does nothing but verbally abuse him, physically abuse him. And the reason I was thinking about this, this story, because if you watch the movie, it's so powerful. Because it, as I mentioned, it's not about this individual's journey to fame. Yes, you do learn about how that comes about. But it's about this song he wrote, I Can Only Imagine. And a lot of it has to do with the reconciliation that he finds with his father before his father dies. And I started thinking about, you know, how much I love those stories. And I think some of you, 
And many of you can probably relate to this. I love hearing about stories of reconciliation. I love hearing about stories of people maybe being estranged. Of course, I don't like hearing about them being estranged. That's not what I'm saying. But about the end, whenever something happens and they're reconciled. You know, you hear about stories about people that maybe they're a married couple. Maybe they're separated and, and things, you know, the marriage is terrible. But somehow, reconciliation takes place and the marriage is saved. I love hearing about those stories. I love hearing about stories that people going through things, uh, and, and, and whether it be drugs, whether it be any kind of situation that estranges them from loved ones, from friends, from family, and somehow through a miracle, through God, through just the, the, the goodness of human, the human spirit, that, that it still shines through despite the depravity of man because God created us in His image, and somehow they're reconciled back to those individuals. I love hearing about those stories. And that is the story of the Christian message. Reconciliation. We could get into so much that this day has to offer us. Of course, we don't have time. But in the end, what we know about this day is we know that there is a removal that God initiates to ensure that we can be reconciled back to Him. I have three things I want us to ponder as we look at this passage and as we consider this concept of reconciliation, this concept of at-one-ment, atonement, that we are here observing today. First of all, I have to give credit where credit's due because a lot of this thinking was due in part by Mr. Matthew Steele that on the Feast of Trumpets and he was getting up here and we were doing the offering. And one of the things that he said was very profound and I think it completely applies to this idea of reconciliation and that is... It's interesting, when you look at all the world religions around us, you see that there is this offering that's required. And the offering is required first before the blessing. But, but what goes against that paradigm in the Christian faith, in, in the God of the universe, is that we have a God that blesses us first. And after we have received that blessing, we give that which our heart is able in the same way, that's how reconciliation is. I mean, think about this in, in typical human nature terms. Someone wrongs an individual, what do we usually expect? We expect for the person who has done the trespassing, the person who has done the wrong, to come and ask for forgiveness, and then forgiveness be given. But in this situation, in God's character, in this story, it's the exact opposite. We are the trespassers. We are the ones that have continually broken God's law, continually ignored His pleas. And despite this, He, through Jesus Christ, has initiated the reconciliation process. God's done it. He's the one that's been wrong. He's the one that we have trespassed against. He's the one that we've ignored of course, I'm talking this in terms of general human history throughout time. And despite that, because of His love, and we can think about this, you know, the, the, the God our Father, He's called our Father, and I think many of us, whether we be parents, a mother or a father, people who, who have individuals that we love, uh, whether they be in our family or whether they be spiritual, just spiritual brethren, we can understand this concept and how powerful love is. How love will be such a driving force. And that love, 
that God has for this world and for us has driven him to initiate the reconciliation process despite what we've done. My second thing that I want to bring to us is that concept in being reconciled to God, God has made us ambassadors for Christ. Ambassadors. That word in the Greek is actually the Greek presbyo, which is a meaning, a word that means to be a senior to be a senior, that is by implication, or act as a representative. And we know what an ambassador is. We have this in our own government. We have ambassadors from one country to another. The ambassador to China, the ambassador to Korea, the ambassador uh, to Germany, the ambassador to the Middle East or one of the Middle Eastern countries, Afghanistan or Iraq or, or one of those countries. An ambassador is someone who goes and on behalf of the king, on behalf of the state, represents that state to a foreign country. And that's what we are as Christians and as individuals of God's household. We are ambassadors to Christ. Let's think about that. Let's think about that. We're ambassadors. We represent Christ. We represent God to this world. We know what God has done for us. We understand the reconciliation process that has happened, that has been initiated. We understand that there is a Christian body, a church that God has began, that there's a living organism, the body of Christ, but we also understand that God has this very, very broad outlook on this entire world. That He hasn't forgotten individuals that are in this world that might not have been called by God yet, or by, might, not be, might not be in the body of Christ. We understand that this Day of Atonement has implications not just for the church, but for the entire world, for all humans across history. And so as ambassadors, one of the things that I was thinking about was, are we ambassadors only in proclamation and our pronouncement and what we say and what we proclaim, or are we ambassadors as well in character? God has reconciled himself to us by removing the barriers, that enmity that was between us and God. And of course, that barrier was removed by the blood of Jesus Christ. As we reflect on this day, I have something as individuals I want us to think about, as ambassadors. Not just in us going and proclaiming, of course, that's what we do, but how about we think about reconciliation in our own personal life? Think about being a proactive individual going out and being of the character of God Almighty Himself, just like He's shown to us, and reaching out to maybe people that we have been estranged from. Maybe this is family. Maybe this is friends. Maybe this is people that are in our past or loved ones. Just as God has reconciled Himself to us by removing that barrier, how about we do the same thing in our own personal lives? Think about that. Think about how God has done this for us and about how we have been charged to be ambassadors and be of the character of God Himself. Things that have been strained, maybe it's relationships within your marriage, maybe it's relationship with a brother, with a sister, with a cousin, with a mother, with a father, with an uncle. Seek reconciliation. This day teaches us a lot of things. It teaches us a lot of things about the love that God has for us. And it teaches us a lot of things about what God has done for us. 
let it teach us a lot of things about having the character and the mind of Christ as we think about this in terms of what this day means, and that is reconciliation. Let this day create in us a heart of reconciliation. As we close and we look at this, Jesus Christ and our Father in Heaven, they've given us a ministry. They've given us a service. A service of reconciliation. At the very heart of the Christian message, as we mentioned, is atonement. Reconciliation. Relationships being brought back together. Enmity being removed between you and God through Jesus Christ. No matter how much mankind has altered for the worse, this world, no matter how much we have been alienated from God, that is world history, human beings, and corrupted the morals of our societies, there will be a final day where God reconciles all and makes all things new again. You know, part of God wiping away every tear is His process of making all things new. That's what we have to look forward to. There will be a final day where God reconciles this world to Himself. And we understand this through the story that God has given us. And that story, that thread, that process is revealed to us through these days that we keep. And this is a significant point in that plan. Through the powerful blood of His Son, Jesus Christ, this is what this day is about. As we continue through this day and continue to progress toward the Feast of Tabernacles, let us reflect on these things. Let us reflect on this concept of reconciliation. Because before there's a kingdom, before there's salvation, as the, the, the core process of it, reconciliation has to take place. And it has, and it is continually taking place through Jesus Christ, through His blood.